just gonna freaking rip this one so hard we're not even gonna know what hit us <laughs> just rip it dude just rip stick it Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, life, playing my games, playing mind games, playing blah, 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 blah. We got a little something for you, because today is going to be a, a quickie. Today's going to be a real fast app, real speedo round. Fast forward. You can, if you're listening to this at two times speed, you're going to want to bump that up to four times speed, because this is going to be the fastest thing you've ever heard. Fastest. That was it. Yep. That was all my yep. thoughts. Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. Signed, sealed, delivered. It's playoff time in the U.S. is what it is, which is very American of us, we know. But we are excited to talk a little bit about the NWSL championship match and MLS opening round playoffs. Also got some new managers in the EPL making their day, day butts. So decent decent amount to cover. Might just might bop around, you know, bop, bop. You ever play um, bop it? Yeah, bop it. Bop it. Yes, played it. Not good. I could go three rounds and be like, oh, bop, boop, 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 and then I'd mess up. I was extremely intimidated by it because there are people you would see who who looked good, and, and then you'd see people get absolutely rickety wrecked, and I didn't want to be one of those people, so I, I stayed away. I tried it probably once, or I definitely have done it a couple times, but not nearly uh, close to the obsessive uh, um, amount of times that other people have. Um, uh, Eli, throwing it back to you, uh, have you ever played... Uh, bop it it peaked probably around my middle school years which whatever mid-2000s it felt like bop it peaked and then right when people started getting really interested in bop it the housing market crash so wow i don't want to draw too many conclusions yep. but it does seem like bop it played a role in the 2008 financial collapse yep checks out i believe it yep. actually the fall of the uh it's i know again uh, funny because I, I learned all of this from uh, TikTok, but their uh, Soviet Union, the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, it was right as Bop It was actually being shipped over to and included in just general Russian, um, the, the marketplace over there. And so wow. the fall of uh, USSR was um, loosely tied to Bop It. That's almost hard to believe. Almost until you have to twist it. <laughs> Did you twist it? Or that's actually what happened. No, don't I, pull it. <laughs> I flicked it. <laughs> Ooh, that's the fancy toy, dude. Don't even get fancy bopping on us. You Jonesy. had you had V two. The flick it was not around in version one, baby. What, what was? What can you? Okay, okay. Riddle me this, uh, uh, expert. What were the the? What is it for? How many, how many things was it? Come was on, it only, dude. Oh was my only gosh. three on the first one? Dude, what socioeconomic class were you in, my guy, dude? We had version <laughs> one, not version 10, dude. <laughs> it does. The OG does look like it was just twist it, pull it, bop it. And then when that yes. saw great acclaim, great success, they started to expand <laughs> into things like twist it. Or not twist it, uh, flick it. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was more I, steering I, I wheel-esque. Was, yeah. 
I was uh, I was a certified prince essentially. I was of royalty, <laughs> so that explains <laughs> yes, my, no, that, no, that my, my noble access. Yes. <laughs> Without the new Formula One wheels becoming boppets, like being sponsored by the same company, though, I think they would have gone under. It's huge that they got that deal in the mid 2010s after the financial ruin connection, which pretty much sent them down into the deeps. It sent them to a uh, to say F it mm-hmm. almost. And they weren't mm-hmm. going to put that in the toy, but that is what they were saying in the boardroom when they were about to file for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Bankruptcy it nice. was actually going to be their new toy. <laughs> but thank God that F1 agreed to bring Bop It back to their grid as steering wheels. Do you think the Bop It Corporation, do you think they had to, it was mandatory that they had to like, uh, you know, Bop It, any verb that they kind of used and that was just like a thing in the marketplace. Like, and then it led to like really tough conversations about being fired. Like you have to leave it, leave it, get, get out it. You have to drop your things off it. You have no health insurance it. Just brainstorming. A couple uh, managers were stuck in that position in the premier league, right? Eli. Nice transit. That was great. That's true. Except they went ahead and won it. (laughs) So they did, they did a bit better. Let's bring it back to Bop It for a second here. Uh, yeah, you want to start, start there quickly yep. with EPL before we bring it home to the North American side of, side of things. EPL managers, Gerard and Dean Smith. Who's the other new EPL manager I'm blanking on? Yeah, yeah, Dean Smith on Norwich. Great call. Watford is Ranieri. Wait, for Norwich? Dean Smith is Norwich? Yep. I don't yeah. know if I realized that. Wow. Well, Newcastle had uh, Howie, or what's his name? Uh, Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. A lot of new managers. Which game should we start with? So wins all across, did they all win? No. no not Newcastle is winless, my guy. True. They've become the new Norwich. Yep. Ooh. But they have a stunning seven ties? Yeah. Like- I feel like they're six and six. Six ties. Villa. Villa, perhaps the strongest looking of those teams. 2-0. Both goals came late, but a decisive 2-0 win over Brighton, who have been good this year. So it's a, it's a nice start for Gerard. Yeah, my headline there is Brighton probably didn't try. Uh, lucky for Gerard. <laughs> That's some shade. Uh, and then shout out to Norwich. Dean Smith, they get their second win of the season. They are not last in the table. Oh my God, never thought we'd see the day. They beat Southampton two to one. Here's my question as we're we're actually going through these, uh, and this might be a a good way for us to evaluate the games. Who of the new managers had the most successful weekend? Was it A, uh, 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 that Liverpool guy, Gerard uh, 2-0 over Brighton? Or B, uh, uh, Dean Smith and Norwich over, uh, who they play? Oh, that's Southampton. Southampton. or uh, C, uh, Ranieri over Ole uh, in United? It's got to go to Watford, Ranieri over United. And I'm only calculating that by the number of places that separate in the table the teams that, when they played each other. I think that was the biggest gap. So it's the biggest differential, biggest uh, punch above their weight, I would say. And they, they were decisive in their win. Tactically, they just out played Man U and the result will be another new coach in the league starting next game week because Ole is finally gone which we don't have to get into we're focused on new managers this week 
but that just shows how strong Ranieri and Watford were. Watford can also be a really good team. So with someone like him at the helm, could see them make a push for that mid-table where they had started to struggle a bit. Do you guys see uh, between Watford, Villa, and uh, Norwich, uh, do you guys see Watford su- surviving uh, relegation? If you're looking at the other teams in the table here, knowing they have Renieri in there, awesome. But uh, do you think that Norwich makes it out? Do you think that Villa also? I mean, you're looking at teams that are all comprised in the, in the bottom six, five of the Premier League? Yes, six, yeah. Are we, are we feeling good about all of them surviving? No, not Norwich. Norwich is having a little bit of a run, a little bit of a spell. I can't see them making it out. I can also not see Newcastle getting relegated, even though I originally thought so at the beginning of the season. Uh, But with new ownership, they'll be spending some money. Uh, Yeah, so Norwich, Watford will survive. Burnley will not. I don't know who's going to get that last spot of relegation. We were saying, Jones and I, last weekend that imagine if if Newcastle were fine going down just to have their own career mode and like put in a lot of money, have a feel-good season, win the league, win the championship easily, come back up, a lot of new players. The toughest thing is the salary cap or the, not the actual cap, but spending once you're in the championship versus the Premier League might not even be an issue for them. They might say, screw it, we knew what we were getting into and we're just going to win the championship if we get relegated. Yeah, and, and the potential, I don't think that they would... Uh, as it seems like a lot of players do tend to um, actually go down with their team if they do go down. Um, but I do wonder if, if a guy like uh, St. Maximin or, or anyone else they may pull in over the winter transfer window uh, have clauses in their contracts that have them, you know, allow them the ability to leave uh, and go to a Premier League club so they can stay in, in the top performing league. So I'm curious about that. I mean, out of all of those new managered clubs in the bottom six, Villa has the most talent across the board you'd have to say with Ings and Watkins up top and Mings across the back line Kanza like they were I mean they were a very solid team last year were they top half of the table right yeah. around there yeah I think top so, half yeah. of the table yeah so I mean they're they should be the the easiest quote-unquote job to push for a better place in the standings than they are now and call it a win and and an improvement from when the manager joined Watford staying up would probably be a win for them so if Ranieri can just help get them over the hump. That's a win. And Norwich not. Yeah. Same thing. Norwich not getting relegated. Agreed with you. I see. They still seem more likely to go down. I think I have big fears about leads. Um, I'm nervous. It's week after week. They don't seem to show up. Makes me nervous. And I think if they don't change some stuff, they're in big risk for getting relegated. That's see. That's the question, really, uh, with whether Norwich or Newcastle or Watford or Villa go down. It's uh, who would instead go in their in their place. And uh, it, it, you know, Burnley, Leeds, Brentford, and Southampton are the teams that are all kind of in that same uh, you know bottom half region. Um, and when you're when you're smelling those teams, I mean, yes, Leeds does look like they're. <laughs> having a bit of a stumble, but it still feels hard for them to really actually fall off that much season over season, though you could say that's exactly what happened with Sheffield United and it could happen right. here. Um, Southampton's a team that's always managed to somehow kind of stay, they, 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 they dip in form, they lose a game or two about nine, nothing, and then they'll come back and beat some people and stay afloat. Um, but, but Burnley seems kind of like cemented and, and, and not having too much inspiration going on there. <laughs> um, 
Uh, so it's kind of this battle of, well, will Newcastle spend enough to get themselves out of there uh, or, or not? I, I'm aligned with what you guys are thinking. Um, it's it's looking likely that um, uh, Villa and Liverpool are probably going down, but it's just, <laughs> what are you going to do? Quick, okay, quick quick question, then we can we can wrap up Prem. If you're the owner of a, of a club right now, and you've got some managerial decisions popping up on your agenda. You know, some of the board members are getting irritated. What are you looking at? How are you going to go forward? Like, what's your benchmark in terms of then maybe having a discussion with the current manager about making changes, right? You don't want to disrupt things right now. Yes, I know some teams are bringing in some new blood and all that stuff at the helm. But if you're a Leeds owner, for instance, for example... How long are you going to give the team, and then before you start talking to to the coach? I mean, we saw the documentary a couple months ago. It feels like we can put ourselves on the board. Picture the owner, such a enthusiastic and excited guy, loved being a part of the team, and also the player uh, manager, director, yeah. player, whatever, who was making the mm-hmm. transfers. Like so passionate about the game, loved being there, being a part of it. It feels like there's zero chance they sack Bielsa unless they lose, you know, 10, 15 straight, something extreme because of what he did for them last year, because he is that good and he's that passionate of a coach where he matches their energy. Like, I don't think they can find someone midway through the season that will bring what he brings. So I don't think you make any serious changes, maybe player wise in the winter transfer window. Don't know what the hour budget looks like as a board might have to try and bring someone in. But that would definitely happen before making managerial board changes. It also feels like, to that point, Leeds is such a uniquely built team, wherein the players that they have pulled in fit into a very specific, high-pressing, nonstop, man-to-man offense and defense situation, where if you were to bring in a new coach, you kind of have to have them work with the same system, otherwise these guys are having to unlearn like four or five years of, of indoctrination pretty much. And, uh, and that, that could be pretty, that could be more catastrophic than not. Uh, at what point, you know, what point do you have it? it? You probably have to do some calculus as to like, you know, when do you, when do you actually hit it? I think you have to decide when you actually might be in jeopardy of potentially going down. And right now, it feels early. Right now, I, I, I agreed. It feels like it's the, the spot is not going anywhere. But, you know, if there are, what? If you hit probably the halfway point, you probably, you probably if there's any time to formally want to consider a, a, a change in, in managerial status, then you might want to look at, like, some significant break in action. Maybe an international break or something halfway through. But that was exactly what I was thinking, Jones. Looks like the halfway point comes on big, big boxing day, uh, match week nineteen. So that's right before the January transfer window. So it's probably perfect timing for for teams to reassess. Say what's going on? Where are we at? They've been hit with some big injuries. They've lost Bamford since maybe game week three or four and Luke Ailing for the last four or five. They're their captain, their center back. So Got to factor that in as well with those guys back. It could feel like a new look team just with the same guys back from injury. Well, something that has some more finality to it is the NWSL season, which felt like it came and went really quick. It's a very compact season, which makes it more exciting. It's more of a sprint. I think partly given the number of teams in the league and given how many games they play, 24, 24 games, which is definitely a lot less than 
European leagues, the MLS, other leagues that we follow. So it all happened really fast, which also meant that a couple of underdogs, the Red Stars and the Washington Spirit, made it all the way to the championship match. And we were rooting for the Red Stars. Their Chicago team could have made it two for two. Chicago women's sports really putting the team on their back, the city on their back after the sky won the WNBA championships, but they fell short in extra time. And it was an exciting game. It was a tight game. It was a tight game. There were opportunities at the end for the Red Stars to actually pull it off right in the dying embers of double OT. Um, But unfortunately, I think the Red Stars lack of offense acumen outside of Mallory Pugh uh, were, were, clearly um on on show or or lack thereof should i say um uh washington spirit you know they they kind of pushed and pushed and were able to overcome chicago red stars stubborn defensive block um uh i i don't think anyone from the red stars though can be that upset with making it this far considering i I don't know if many people really had the red stars making it beyond the quarterfinals um so all things considered, I, I'm extremely proud of, of them and uh, and reflecting on the fact that I don't have a Red Stars jersey, and that's that's actually pretty upsetting because they have sick, sick jerseys, which I know everyone left that game thinking, without a doubt. Yeah, I was rooting for the Red Stars for sure. Bring another trophy back to Chicago, but uh, couldn't get it done. But yeah, very cool that they make it to the championship. Unexpected, I would agree. Um, but hey, hell of a season. Get it next year. Lynn Family Stadium, where they played in, in Louisville. Beautiful stadium. Packed. Great energy. I saw on social media a bunch of Red Stars fans uh, made the drive, which isn't that bad. It's like seven hours or so. Um, so looked like a great atmosphere. And good for Kelly O'Hara, who scored for the Spirit. I think it was her first goal all year. We were talking about her as a name that had been such a part of the u.s national team but she sort of faded a bit or at least that's what it felt like so to score a game in a championship match must feel really good for her um and tough for mallory Pugh, who like you said jones was the red stars engine and the real offensive dynamic player and got injured around halftime and that definitely hurt them in the second half because 31 shots for the spirit 14 for the red stars they did sort of get dominated and once the spirit scored in extra time it was it was kind of over like they needed to just make it to pks and then anyone's game right Right. so good season and nwsl went through it red stars made it to the finals excited about that a lot more parody like we'd mentioned in then past seasons north carolina courage all the way in sixth who've been so dominant lately the thorns carried their momentum from the challenge cup victory all the way through the end of the season but couldn't keep it in the playoffs and the ol rain are sort of a newer team on this stage as well. So them finishing second in the regular season, it's just good news for the NWSL to have a lot more competitive teams. Gotham FC, sick brand, good team. Just a lot of uh, a lot of positive things going forward for the NWSL. MLS, MLS playoffs. Say your piece, Icy. You can keep it brief. We all watched that game. We live stream part of the game. Minnesota United. It was just brutal. Um, first half played well, got the opening goal, as I had alluded to uh, during our live stream. We The Minnesota jinx, the Minnesota sports jinx sort of hit us, where the team get gets you thinking that maybe they could do it. Maybe they can do something. And we get the opening goal. And I think we instantly just fall back and get pressured 
uh, repeatedly at the end, you know, to end the first half. They score a goal at the end of the first half, then they score a goal immediately to start the second half. Um, then we're on the back foot. And then I felt like we just sort of gave up. So that was the biggest uh, letdown for the team. Um, we just stopped competing, and that's a shame. So I've said my piece on that team. And then UFC's got to make some changes for next season and uh, do better at the end of the day. Do you, to what extent, I felt like uh, Reynoso really was was muted in that game uh, or or he just didn't didn't have the impact that he could have had in my in my estimation uh do you feel like he underperformed do you feel like uh he is at all to blame for uh, you know a lack of offensive output by by uh, the loons or or you know is there a different story to be told yeah you know I wish soccer were more like the NBA in terms of you could have a LeBron James on your team and they could uh, carry you to victory but soccer is much different and you you cannot really have the one player to carry you it's unfortunate that our team is centered so centered around one player where portland could man mark him the entire game shut him down frustrate him foul him constantly and he did nothing he didn't do anything too substantial um and but at the end of the day the team did not play well portland had better strategical tactics i guess i would say they pressed well they we were flustered the center the midfield we looked we got dominated um and so at the end of the day we got worked and um it's it's a shame but it is what it is right did he could have done more but it, it was hard got worked time to get back to work in the offseason come back stronger did you catch i see the first game of the playoffs Union, Red Bulls. Did you catch the game-winning goal in that game? I did, thanks to you. Yes. Outstanding. Ripper. Uh, potential goal of the week, I hear. Potentially goal of the week. Potentially goal of the MLS season. 123rd minute. Latest goal in MLS history, actually. Jacob Gleason, I believe. The center back for the Union. Just laced one from the top of the box, off his chest, bottom right corner. Uh, and, this, and Philly went nuts. Like, no more exciting way to win a soccer game. That's the moment we all dream of, and only Jacob can make it happen. But <laughs> Philly got the win there. We, we ended up watching a, a good amount of that second half, so it was kind of funny seeing that goal all the way at the end when we thought it was going to PKs. Nice. NYCFC took care of Atlanta United. They're moving on. Sporting Kansas City, another potential goal of the week from Zussi there in that game, and they took care of Vancouver. So New England... NYCFC is kind of a fun East Coast rivalry match in the semis there in the Eastern Conference. It it does feel almost poised. I, I, I didn't watch nearly enough of the NYCFC season, let alone that game uh, against Atlanta. But uh, it, it does feel like those are the games that um, those top seeds are poised to get knocked off. Uh, you come off a nice uh emphatic win something that has the team really grooving and believing in itself similar with portland I, if i was colorado uh one of the commentators was asking would you rather be colorado or portland would you rather be coming off a win and then rolling in like four or five days later into mile high or would you rather have been playing uh or not been playing for like three weeks and then have a team come in off of a, of a competitive match um I think the 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 location, you know, in Colorado it could be advantageous. But nonetheless, watching Portland's in their performance, uh, I would be intimidated if I were Colorado. And similarly, New England, I would be a little worried with NYCFC coming in. Uh, MLS playoffs are delivering uh, fun, fun action. 
Any final thoughts on this week's games? Nashville, Orlando City, Seattle versus Real Salt Lake. Sticking with the Dan favorites love there. It. Dan, huh? our boy Dan. Come on, Dan. I'm going to be watching that game tomorrow, I think. Um, I haven't watched uh, Nashville FC play too much this regular season, but they're they're finally scoring goals. I know that was one of Dan's big priorities. You know, the team's got to score. We're solid on defense. Let's get it going. Um, and they, they're doing it, and they're looking good. So I expect to see a great performance from Dan, maybe a goal or two dedicated to footy fellas, but, you know, we'll see. The T-shirt underneath just has our logo. No one, literally <laughs> no one would, gets it. Would be sick. He, he he gets super excited, runs to the corners, ripping his shirt off. It's got the footy fell logo below. They're up like 4 nothing, so no one cares. Like, <laughs> yeah. no one's running Camera pans away. Right. We, we can't even find it online. He calls us up. Guys, you see it? I did it. I did it for you. And we just can't find images of it anywhere. <laughs> well, we don't answer because we're like, who is this? Yeah. We don't. We don't take that call. Well, you know, one thing that people don't know about is that Pulisic had the man in the mirror shirt. Below his shirt was footy fellas, but they it panned was, away. It's branded, yeah. yeah. Yep. Below yep. on the same shirt, he had a t-shirt underneath he the had, t-shirt. He had three layers, so below <laughs> the man in the mirror shirt, he had wow. a footy fella shirt. Yeah. You can see the watermark if you look closely in the, <laughs> through the shirt. You can see the footy fella, the branded logo. Was, was he wearing footy fella socks underneath his soccer socks? I I, I heard rumors, yes. Mm-hmm. Explains his ability to finish. Yup. Like us finishing right now. There's a there's a goose egg, not a goose egg, a, a golden nugget for you. Nice. What's it called with movies? Easter egg. Easter egg. A, a golden goose egg Easter egg. If you've listened this far in the episode, Pulisic, giving a shout out to Footy Fellas in case you missed it. Should we end with our starting eleven Thanksgiving plate? That was kind of fun yesterday. Just around the horn. I think it's fun. It's fun for the listeners. Let's uh, let's give them a good starting eleven. Jones, we're yeah. first position. Well, I'm going to start us up at the top. I'm going to start us up at top. I think a striker, uh, someone who's going to you know, find the goal, is going to be effective, uh, make the runs in, in the lanes, and, and maybe even play off every once in a while. Everyone's favorite, uh, superstar uh, pumpkin pie. Um, absolutely glamorous, super sweet, sick moves, uh, going to hit you some bangers. Absolutely, 100%. Um, okay, let's uh, drop in the mid real quick. I'm going to go cranberry, cranberry sauce as the glue to the plate. It's the messy, the jobby of the plate. It's going to be intermingling with all the different foods, assisting them, complementing them. It's a wonderful player on that plate. Cranberry, cranberry sauce. Pumpkin pie at the heart of the defense. We're going center back, pumpkin pie. Hardy always delivers, and you can trust it. Because it's solid. I don't personally like it, but I know it's revered as a staple of the Thanksgiving meal, which you need at center back. What pie did I put up top? Did you say pumpkin pie? Did I say pumpkin pie? I think I, said I think you pie. did. Well, I was thinking about my dessert and didn't hear yours. <laughs> my star. Uh, we can have two pumpkin pies. Yeah, no, we can no, have no. two. No, no, no. I'm going to think for a couple of minutes. I, mean, just stay silent. I just need to think for a couple of minutes. Um. Uh, We'll go apple pie because that's a pie that I actually like. Pumpkin pie sucks. Like I would never, I would never have said pumpkin pie. I was just being nice, right. but like pumpkin pie should not be in our starting eleven. All right, you again, Jones. Could this just be a whole pie? I just do a bunch of pies. I'm gonna do a, a, a rhubarb pie. It's gonna be a right back. Uh, let's go. I'm gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go string beans. Uh, I think I mentioned this on the on the live stream. It's a pretty intuitive pick, but the the string beans are gonna be your wingers. 
uh, no brainer. They they're going to be thin, spicy, and down the down the nicey line. Doesn't run. <laughs> what you got, icy? All right, next we've got a defender right next to our apple pie. It's going to be stuffing. It's just going to absolutely shield all the the gravy and cranberry goodness from dripping off the plate. It's going to suck up all the 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 moisture. I know people hate that word, but oh well. It's here. It's Thanksgiving and uh, stuffing. Big defender. Let's go. Uh... Let's go with the soup out left. I haven't decided what soup yet. Maybe sweet potato soup. Another another thing that I hate. Um, but that's why I want it on my team because right. I know that it's going to be feisty, slippery down the line, potentially find its way on the end of some meals, kind of work combo play, good little one-twos with some other dishes, with some some uh, some of that stuffing, center backs looking for it deep. We're going. We're going. Sweet potato soup at left. At left, uh, mid. Left back, mid. Mid. Nice. I'm gonna go. I'm throwing uh, a good old, good old uh, mac and cheese. All right. Get a good, good hearty mac and cheese. Gonna p- clog up your arteries and the midfield as a defensive mid. Uh, and and really, it's gonna sit in front of the uh, stuffing. And uh, what do we got? Apple pie back there. It's gonna sit in front of those guys and help um, ensure that we get the shutout. I know. I think. I feel like we got a different. I think I feel like our goal is going to be pretty solid too, but um, yeah. mac and cheese will we'll probably hold down the midfield there. All right, so we've got uh, what's our formation? We've got two in the back right now, four in the mid, one up top. I'm going to add a third defender. I think we should stick with three defense, maybe go three five two um, or something like that. But my third defender is going to be mashed potatoes, another hearty um, a plate item, Thanksgiving item. It's going to again protect the rim of the plate from overflowing with the juices. Um, It's going to work really well with the stuffing. So mashed potatoes. Plenty of moisture and juice on our squad from Icy's end, which you just love to hear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll go, uh, we'll go cauliflower up top to pair with pumpkin pie. Nice. Cause they just go so well together. (laughs) Like there's nothing you want more when you're eating a slice of pumpkin pie than just some bits of cauliflower sprinkled on there. No, absolutely. So no, in all seriousness, no, it might work well that they, don't go well together because they'd both hunger for goals and want to outplay the other. Mm. Mm. Smart. So that's Smart. the angle. Smart. Sweet right. and savory. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, final, so I, final player. Uh, are we, do we get five in the midfield? We might need one more center midfielder. I think we need one oh, more midfielder yes, and then we right. got it. And then we got a goalie. So my, my other center midfielder, it's kind of the, um, the Iniesta to the Javi situation. So you got cranberries at the Javi. Iniesta is going to be gravy. Right, both players silky smooth, helping connect everything throughout the throughout the midfield. Um, so those two are going to be playing off each other big time. All right, and our final eleventh player on this starting eleven on our plate is the old trusty goalkeeper, Turkey. Nice Turkey. It's going to be the the hit or miss, you know, of the plate. Right, turkeys can be can be extremely dry on the bad end, and they can be just perfectly succulent moist and juicy on the, <laughs> on the on the other end so you know goalkeeper's kind of the last stand all right now we run through the bench what do we got seven eight bench guys <laughs> who's, the, who's the coach who's the yeah, coach, the coach? <laughs> no that was definitely definitely worth doing a happy thanksgiving to everyone if you're listening to this on thanksgiving around the the dinner table eating an early dinner and you're you're listening to this with the family even better even better and we'll see you next week and gobble gobble see you next week <laughs>